Ooh, yeah! Killer Pop from Outer Space presents War Games. Whoa, 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 what is up, party people? Whoa. Yeah, I like that remix. Uh, welcome back, Killer Pop from Outer Space. Back again with another War Games. As always, I am Jeff. With me is Vinny. What's up, Vinny? Hello, brother. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. Coming back with the War Games. And uh, we do have our boys back with us. That's right. The whole Killer Pod crew is in effect tonight. Sean and Brother Pete. As always, hey, Pete's bo- with us, and he's on the... Uh, Batman Beyond is an underrated show hotline. Give me back my son! <laughs> oh, man, I wanted to do that later. Um, I don't think it's going to make the list, but I wanted to do the, the L. We are exploring Uh-oh. new uh, realms of... Two hotlines. Yeah, we're... Our, our... On the uh, Don't Buy Electronics from China hotline. Yeah. Sean? Happy to be here with all the Rudy 2 d Disco cuties. Uh. Rudy, Tootie, Disco, Cutie, Rudy, Tootie, Disco, Cutie. already got me cutie. thinking what's not on his list because he just he just made it seem like Ransom's not going to make the list. Boys, what's boys, let's let's relax. We're not even. Well, good. I'll have a chance there to do the, the screen. Uh, we are using Facebook Messenger for this episode and as opposed to our, yes, our cheapy um, connect to your phone piece, which was working really well for the last year but uh, not longer that's what we use for our remote recordings uh, yeah that's right uh but it just shit the bed so here we are so if it sounds a little fuzzy we apologize um i'm sure you're you're very disappointed i think it sounds like they're coming in pretty good yeah it does doesn't sound bad at all all right well let's kick off the episode as per usual with some beers so jeff and i are gonna be enjoying enjoying the Dissolver presents Born Again in the Juicy. And you got some Terminator action going on here. It's like a baby's body with a Terminator head and a Terminator hand holding a burning skull. So Dissolver's out of uh, Lexington, North Carolina, or Asheville, North Carolina. And double dry hopped Indian Pale Ale. Let's see what it's got. Pete, Sean, what do you got this evening? I have from... Uh... Show favorite Levante Brewing Company, the Philly Twist, mm. in collaboration with Philly Pretzel Factory, Ooh. Pretzel Pilsner, brewed with malt, oats, and salt. How's that? I'm going to tell you right now. Right. Sounds pretty good. Put pretzels and beer together, and I'm in. Pretty good. Pretty good. This IPA um, from Dissolver is quite good. Needs a little mustard, but... Mm. Maybe a, maybe a mustard rim. Maybe like a, a honey mustard or a spicy? Spicy. All the way. Spicy brown. Yeah, I'm not going not gonna to disagree. Goldens. Yeah, goldens, baby. Yeah, I'd probably go honey mustard. Okay. Annie Ann's has one of the best honey mustards out there. Annie Ann's fucking That's sucks. a good honey mustard. Well, Vinny, you suck. Everything about Annie Ann's sucks. A lot of What's things about you Ann's? suck. Uh, they, you can't put cinnamon sugar on a pretzel. Get out of here. Classic pretzel, honey mustard from Annie Ann's. But yeah, uh, Philly pretzel, definitely the spicy. If anyone's listening from not this area that's a fan internationally, Philadelphia is the pretzel central 
place in America. It is best pretzels in America. You can't <laughs> say it's better than I think Germany invented the pretzel, the Bavarian pretzel. So I'm not going to argue it's better the whole world, but but in this country, yeah, in this country, <laughs> no ticky, no laundry. <laughs> Sorry, that's, that's, that's where I was going. A, uh, that's that's a quote from. Going. The potted. I'm not being racist. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it certainly sounded like you were here in Asian American Heritage Month, especially. Well, we're so mad. No, it's Jewish course. American. No, it's Pan Pacific or uh, Pacific, Pacific Islander. Asian Islander. Uh, yeah. They have the same month. time as Jewish American. I guess. It lines up. They have a lot in common. Look, I like all their foods. Besides the pig, besides the whole pig roast thing. <laughs> uh, that's good stuff. Uh, Sean, what are you drinking, man? Uh, I'm going to open Double Nickel Brewing Company's Seventh Snooze, a New Zealand pale ale. It's a double dry hop beer, but it's only 5.7%. So mm. I'm interested to see what a... A sessionable double dry hop. I like, like that. A sessionable yeah. double dry hop IPA. I bought it for the can. The can looks pretty cool. Yeah. yeah this, I... this can's ridiculous. That's like all it. I do anymore is buy for cans. For beer, it's nice. Times Mine doesn't can. say what the ABV is. Ours is at oh, there it is. seven point six percent. Mine's very low, four point three. The lager, for Pilsner. Nice. All right, who's got some music picks for us? Oh, we're doing music picks, eh? If you have any, if not, we can skip. I actually do. Because I want to talk about mine first. Because if I didn't talk about mine before, I'm silly. Been uh, listening to a lot of Thin Lizzy. The uh, jailbreak record. Mm-hmm. Any fans? Any fans? Uh, I, w- I don't know enough. Wow. Pete, Sean, nothing? Tim Lizzie. I... Wow, just me, huh? Never yeah, I know who Tim Lizzie is. All right, just classic hard rocking Irishman. Um, Not against it. Yeah, I mean, they, good they, stuff. They have a great version of Whiskey and a Jar. Yeah, exactly. It's a, just a, they're a 70s hard rock band, essentially. Yeah. And they, they kill. Um, super fun. Cowboy song, jailbreak, the the ever popular boys are back in town, but stuff like that. I've just been on like a weird southern rock, old rock kind of thing lately. So yeah, yeah, it's been thin, your bag lately. Thin Lizzy just been, was railing today, and a new Total Wolf record came out. New uh, like six song EP. It's really good. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Pretty good. It's like a whopping seven minutes long. Okay, <laughs> but it's really good. Yeah, Lean Night. You guys got anything on the music front that you want to give a shout out to? Um, yeah, I wanted to talk about. I posted this on. Uh, um, I shared it on Instagram earlier. I've been in a. I mean, I'm always Wu Tang's always in my rotation, but um, been on the Wu Tang Forever album, uh, listening through lately, and wanted to. If you've never listened to the song Triumph. Oh yeah, it has maybe one of the best opening verses ever by Inspector Deck. So good that when he when they put it down on track, uh, Method Man, who's one of the best lyricists in in the game, had to like re re rethink what he was going to rap because Inspector Deck came out so hot with this opening verse. So it's a great verse. Um, throw on. Triumph by Wu-Tang Clan next time you get a chance. I bomb atomically. Socrates' philosophies and hypotheses can't define how I be dropping these. Mm-hmm. Mockeries. 
lyrically perform home robberies. I could just keep spoken wording it if anyone wants to step in here and stop me. That'd be, that'd be a great um, to do as Chris Walken. I got to get my Walken impersonation Atomically. <laughs> Socrates and philosophies. <laughs> I can't. I, I do a bad Walken. I bomb. Yeah, anyway. Pete, uh, I thought maybe you'd mention the uh, the new Caven record coming out. Oh, well, I was I'd love to have it to you. Uh, a band Pete and I have been fans of for years. Uh, like a late came out of the late '90s hardcore metalcore band uh, called Caven. Um, got a new record coming out on the 20th of May. Relapse Records. Uh, they released a few singles on Spotify and wherever else you get your music, but sounds really heavy and. Uh, I don't know. I'm really looking forward to it. The few singles they put out are, are pretty dope. Mm, yeah. Very in- instrumental in the um, hardcore metalcore scene, what came out in the early 2000s. They're involved in other bands. They're good friends with the dudes in Converge. In fact, I think the, is the bassist Converge plays with them right now? Or Yeah, I know there's a, there's a weird connection between them, Utoid Man, Converge, uh, they share, they share all sorts of players. Yeah, recording. Mutoid man, man, I know is Steven from Caven, and Ben Kohler, the drummer of Converge, and then the bassist. Too. I'm not sure who he plays with outside of that, but yeah, um, good stuff. Good guys. They're they're involved in the, uh, which I don't know that we've ever talked about much on here. The ten minutes to late night, or two minutes to late night, two minutes, two minutes to late night. Um, YouTube show plus podcast. Yeah, I don't just think it like, has ever come up on the show. Good stuff. Just though. like uh, dudes, metalheads being metalheads talking about metal and rock and punk and hardcore and um, you know, you don't all. I feel like at least for Sean and I, we feel this way. Like we were kind of in a bubble with like the stuff we were listening to growing up. That you know, it was only. Like the two of us plus our handful of friends at school to listen to it, and then when we would go to shows. Yeah. So it's cool to think to listen to people that you know were seeing the same music around the same time as you in different cities. These guys are based in New York, I think, and we're probably all over the place before they all moved to New York. But um, yeah, that, it's just like uh, cool to listen to that kind of stuff, and and you think back to like, oh yeah, like you know, back when you heard the album for the first time, and like how that how that made you feel and all that stuff so yeah i like that stuff vincent uh music what have i been doing with music i don't know my same playlist yeah i've been adding to them that's good i mean i i feel like i've become the guy who's just like i listen to them same like 20 bands over and over and over and over i mean my playlists have gotten so big and then i always have Pete's playlist in my mix and I'll discover some stuff through them. Yeah, I got. I'm gonna gonna have to tinker around with Summer Sizzles. It's gonna need to re-release soon. Um, but uh, you know, I I, I actually recommend uh, you know anyone to get your money's worth of your thirteen seventy seven you spend on Spotify every month. Definitely check out what it, it's recommends what it recommends to you in the Discover Weekly. Because it's an algorithm based on what you're already listening to, except it's mostly new stuff or stuff that's very similar adjacent bands to what you're already having in your rotation. 
because I've discovered a lot of new stuff um, in the last couple of years by listening to Discover yeah, I'll Weekly. Give that a try. I mean, my, rota- um, my rotation of genres, though, I mean, it's primarily uh, metal and punk, but it's pretty, you know, as the secondary genres go, like pretty vast. So I don't even know if it could figure out my algorithm, but I'll check. I need to remember to check yeah, it out. It, it, yeah, it'll figure it out. I mean, you got to, uh, I mean, I always say people like I work with a lady. She's like, no, I subscribe to Pandora. I don't know anything about Spotify. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if Pandora's like moved on, but it used to just be like basically radio that just like shuffled things. Yeah. You can do that on Spotify, but I'm like, you can, I'm like, I mean, 13 bucks a month or, or almost 14 bucks a month, but you can, every album mm-hmm. you could ever want almost is at your fingertips to do whatever you want with. Plus it recommends things to you. Plus podcasts. I mean, it's the best 14 bucks I spend every month. I agree. The only problem I have with shuffle and me nasty about this, because you're, um, a Spotify Pro. What is with their shuffle when you're on your playlist? It does play the same songs a lot, and it groups them together. It drives me crazy. Yeah, like I have playlists that are like a thousand songs. I'm like, why is this playing the same? Yeah, so there's nothing I can do. Fifty to fix that. songs. I think it. I think it, it kind of bases it off of what your what your likes are. I think it automatically likes a song. You've listened to the song ten times; it automatically becomes a liked song. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just end up like skipping if it's a song I've heard a million times to try and bring up something that, yeah, um, it, I listen to a little bit less. All right. Well, the more you know, audience, you learn something new with Spotify every week here from Pete. <laughs> All right. Well, we can jump in next to. Uh, well, I have you guys here. Let me run something by you. Piggybacking off the music topic. I thought this one would be a bit of a, uh, a thinker. You got to brainstorm a little bit. So I asked the question ahead of time yesterday to the boys. Give me an album that you can easily enjoy cover to cover. No skips. Legit no skips. And no, like, for the sake of not skipping. Like, oh, I, I can get through this song. Like, Straight up bangers, cover to cover. Who wants Pete, to kick it defer off? to you. All right. Well, so we had, we had kind of talked, discussed this a little bit, just because he wanted to, to give us a little time to prepare. Um, yesterday, in our text messages, and I, I, I think that that it's an interesting topic because. Um, the way that we listen to music is not the way that we used to listen. The way we listen to music today is not the way we used to listen to music uh, 15 years ago. And it's not necessarily the way music was meant to be listened to when you know tracks were put down on an album. I mean, when you went to school with your Discman or Walkman with the tape cassette, uh, you had you know maybe two or three CDs that you threw in your backpack. Yep. So like you listen to those all the way through um, because that's what that's what your option was. And, you know, and I miss that, uh, honestly, because, you know, I used to have such a routine even through when Vinny and I were living together in high school or in uh, college that when we would go out and like shop for new music, like my routine was to like put on an album, roll a joint and just listen to it all the way through. Um, uh 
and nowadays it's like you know everything's released you know in singles you know like coheed's coming out with a new album in this this summer and like they released three new singles but you know the new album won't be out for another month and um it used to be like one single was released and that pumped you up for the album and then and then sometimes now people just release songs that's a big thing in pop music now is that they just release songs and and then they'll really and that song is huge and so that's all they need to make money and then they release another song like six months later yeah um but anyway, so that's why when we when we were talking, I had like kind of so many albums that I could just list off the cuff that were albums that I remember specifically being like 15 years old and not only listening all the way through, but it's because it's the only CD I brought on the car ride I would listen to like five times in a row. Um, but uh, so a couple, I'm not going to go through the whole list that I sent out yesterday, but Jane Doe by Converge. Um, classic like uh, game changer in hardcore metalcore in uh, Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3 by Coheed and Cambria it was mm-hmm. their second album uh, it starts off with like the absolute banger of bangers that they have um, that when they play live is a religious experience in, awesome. the, in the self-titled song off the album and it just like every track is um, it's kind of, I mean, this album's where they found their sound kind of in um, in their prog rock sound. The first album is mind-blowing and that's it's nothing you've ever heard before. But this album, it's like, it's track into track songs that you want to either just like dance to, jump around to, rock out to. Um, and that's even going into like their hidden track, which is on that album, which is just kind of like this weird trippy um mixture of of old songs and new stuff and um and then uh and then danzig won his first single uh solo release that's a front to back um banger for sure i don't think i ever listened to that album straight through i listened to it so uh i funny enough i mean i had listened to it but i was alone in new orleans drunk at a at a metalhead dungeon bar called it's called the dungeon i think and um i everyone told me to go to this place it's right off of bourbon street and there was just like this raspy old haggard chick bartender pouring everybody shots of whiskey that they didn't order and there was an old school jukebox with uh uh cds and i was flipping through and i just played the whole you had to play an album. That was like the thing with this jukebox, which is crazy. So I played the Danzig, Danzig for a solo album, and I just sat there just drumming on the bar. It's like totally acceptable. People come up to me like, yeah, man, fuck yeah, rock out. Oh, that's cool. And like, yeah. I, so that was fun. And um, so yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Jeffrey, Sean? Mine is a... I knew you guys would go all metal, so I decided to go completely opposite, and I decided to pick the Sneaker Pimps, Becoming X, their first record. Uh, if you're a trip-hop fan, front to back, it's a good one. Hmm. Um, I don't even know how to explain it to you, because I just saw the look you gave me. But I don't know. It's just, it's a what good... What that is. I mean, it's got its bangers, it's got its groovers, it's it's good as shit. Um, sneaker Pimps, Becoming X. 
word. I'm writing it down, Jeff. I'll look, check it out. Oh, you should. You should. They have uh, all the records are good, but the first one they have this um, uh, a, a lady singer. Her name was like Layla L or something like that, um, and she she's awesome. All right. Layla Ali? No, that's Muhammad Ali's daughter. Could oh, the be. Sneaker pimps. Sneaker pimps. Trip hop. Get it. Nineteen ninety four, ninety five. Yeah. All right, Sean, you're up. Yeah. For me, I wrote down one we talked about yesterday. Uh, Pete, I thought he'd mention it, but he didn't. But Alkaline Trios, From Here to Infirmary, mm-hmm. maybe more of a popular pick, but it's a it's a punk record through and through. Uh, it's a it's a nonstop banger from beginning to end, and a lot of their classic songs. Uh, yeah, I would be surprised if anybody listening to this hadn't heard it, but you should. I learned to appreciate that album much later in life, like well into my 20s. And it is a great album. Another thing about a lot, some of these albums we're talking about is because some of them are um, metal, hardcore, or or punk albums, um, they're like 30 minutes long. So it's easy to listen to it all the way through sometimes. Yeah. It's not like listening to Rush 2112, uh, which also, listen to that front to back, it's also a banger. But um, yeah. Oh, can I? I want to shout out one more thing. Not not a front to back album kind of thing, but um, uh, I haven't seen the movie yet, so I was a little hesitant to listen to this album. But I decided to just put it on my playlist and listen to it as it shuffled. Um, but uh, uh, for the for the Studio 666 movie the Foo Fighters put out. Mm. Um, Dave Grohl, so the whole thing is that, like, Dave Grohl goes, gets possessed and then puts out a solo, he kills the band and puts out a solo album. And uh, he recorded a metal album, like an actual metal album that, uh, under the band Dream Window. So if you go on Spotify and you search Foo Fighters, it'll come up as a Foo Fighters record. It just says Dream Window. And it's pretty fucking awesome. There's like, there's um, like a doom metal song. There's a uh, like a grindcore song. Hmm. Um, it's and I'm really interested. Not I'm dying for the movie to come out uh, for like a rental at like you know six bucks because I'm not I don't want to pay twenty bucks for it right now. Yeah. But um, um, even though it'll it'll be tough. Uh, I mean, it, there's obviously, you know, all sorts of feelings involved with it because there's going to be a scene where Dave Grohl kills Taylor with who he ended, you know, he well, tragically yeah, died. But, but I mean, you know, it's a horror movie. Yeah. It's, it's all in, you know. So the metal album, did Dave Grohl record that solo or with Foo Fighters? And from, from what I. Uh, researched solo. Okay, that's cool. I mean, we knew he was down with the metal, uh, with yeah. D, So, yeah, but yeah, it's. I, I mean, it, it would surprise me if if the guys didn't, you know, do something here and there. But um, that's cool. Oh, that's shit! What? Oh uh, my! My AirPods are at ten percent. Uh oh. 
We are full of the technical difficulties tonight. Pete, the one thing I was going to hit on when you were what you were talking about with the way we listen to records these days, there's been like a pretty big push the last couple of years to start releasing vinyl records instead of CDs, or I, I guess they still do that, but uh, a lot of bands put out vinyls these days, and I, I put together a stereo, the turntable, and a vintage yeah. and speakers, and yeah, I did the uh, same. I've only been buying scores though and soundtracks. Yeah. Uh, oh, the records are there, man. Uh, anytime you go to a show, bands are always going to have every, uh, their shit on vinyl. Yep. And I've, I've spent an irresponsible amount of money putting a collection together, but it's been awesome to listen to records that way. I, I feel like not that's the way that they were made to be listened to, but it is an enjoyable uh, experience for me. Oh, for sure. And it's been fun putting it, uh, putting the whole system together has been uh, uh, fun in, it, in itself. Yep. Yeah, I, I uh, quickly made an upgrade. I, I had a, a piece of shit set up when I was first getting started, and then I invested some money and time in putting something a little better together. It's much more enjoyable experience when you have quality equipment. I, I very quickly went from nothing to I have three receivers in my basement. I have a surround sound system that came from my dad. I have four, two sets of speakers i got a dual tape deck i got a five disc changer i i can't stop getting equipment nice um all right let me run through my pick quick i just went with uh it actually it harkens back to the era of that pete was talking about with carrying around the um the uh disc jockey and like only having a few cds on you but i listened to this thing cover to cover zero skips many times in my youth and also in my adulthood but unearths oncoming storm mm. i freaking love this album and um this one gets me even more because there's like six tracks on it where like you know beyond just like no need to skip even to this day after hearing these songs countless times at this point it still gets me like aggressively headbanging and singing loud whether I'm in public, in the car, or at home. Um, great album. Agreed. All right. That might be the uh, most we got into on a while I have you here. Yeah. Did we lose Pete? Are the, are the AirPods dead? I'm still here. I think at some point, if I lose them, I'll just have to talk into the, my phone on speaker while they charge and switch back and forth. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it'll matter too much. Yeah. All right, let's get into the old war games. We got a cage match this evening. Um, we're turning the tables a little bit. Things are a little upside down over here. Um, Jeff is going to be our producer this evening. Mm -hmm. He wore his best producer's outfit for the occasion. He will be uh, taking care of trivia. He will be announcing the picks. I'm sure giving us more banter and ridicule than any other producer has given us. Um, and then picking the list will be myself, Pete, and Sean. And we are doing Mel Gibson versus Bruce Willis cage match. Top 13, in our opinion. Two of the top build 80s to early 2000s actors. Correct, Amundo. 
Hey, you can't do a group photo, you son of a bitch. Um, Not about you. <laughs> uh, so we're doing 13 just to avoid any ties. And um, the draft order after Jeff's trivia, which he said he's got some good questions for us, will go as followed. So, quantity, oh, and also I'd like to mention Money in the Bank is back on the table. It is not rolled over. Someone new will be getting it this evening. So, quantity over quality picks will be the uh, C position in picking. And they will get 13, 12, 9, 6, and 3. Five picks. Drafter B will have the money in the bank. Uh, so, most likely taking a pick, depending on how this goes. And they'll also have assigned to them pick 11, 8, 5, and 2. And then drafter A, if they choose to have the number one overall pick, will have spot 10, 7, 4, and 1. Everybody got that? So this is one where, like... I really, I think all three spots are kind of coveted. I mean, other than, you know, your chances are higher being C, having that quantity or quality, your chances are higher of getting money in the bank, but you're still getting some overall picks. You can throw in your dark horses at the end. B, you get the money in the bank. And then with A, like, I wouldn't mind having the number one overall here. Break a lot of hearts. What was A again? One, four, seven, ten? One, four, seven, ten, yes. Okay, cool. You boys ready for this trivia? Should we be nervous? You should be. Oh, no. Sharpie down. All right, what do you got? All right. First question. You only have to write it down? You got to memorize? Who are you talking to? You're a fucking hero. Bruce Willis reprised his role as Officer... John McClane in this film that was a spoof of a Mel Gibson film. Um, um, fuck. I have no idea. It's on, it's on the tip of my tongue. Pete, anything? I know. I saw it when I was going through IMDb. I've never seen it. Mm. Um, Don't remember what it's called, though. Uh, Lethal Kills. No. No, it's still something weapon. I can't remember the first word. All right, I'm passing it. Uh, National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon. Loaded Weapon. Damn it. All right. I did see that on IMDb. Damn it. Question number two. Bruce Willis played the voice of the character Mikey in this 1989 film starring... Look who's talking to. Well, that's the sequel. Look who's talking. Okay, Vinny got that one. What do you want, bud? Mm -hmm. I'm going to go Money in the Bank, B. Money in the Bank. So we have our second ever Money in the Bank. And remember, Money in the Bank can now be used whenever you want it. It doesn't have to be this episode. 
So what did you think? I'm sorry. You said money in the bank, which makes you what? B? So I'll have 11, 8, 5, and 2. All right. You boys ready for this next question to decide the rest of it? Yeah. What? Hello? What? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I thought someone yep. was saying something. Yep. <laughs> Bruce Willis's. Oh my God! Do you have any mold in this? Trip? Rockstar alter ego name is what? Um. No. Can I guess? No, you can't, Pete. Well, it wouldn't matter, but do you guys not have? Pete a guess? hasn't guessed yet. It's it's in real life, right? Like, is that yeah, this is real life. This is not like something I made up. Uh, no, I don't know. Wow, you guys are really bad at trivia. Can I do it? Yeah, Burke Devlin. No, that's my name. <laughs> uh, it's Bruno. Uh, Bruno, uh, something with an R. I would have accepted Bruno though. His album is called The Return of Bruno. Also made a mockumentary about the return of Bruno. Listen, this is tough trivia. I don't, know why. I don't know why it's so hard. You guys are all gung ho for this list. Um, you haven't given any Mel Gibson questions. I was, I, I was getting. Right, I might tell you how this list is going to go. Yeah, I mean that's why I'm out of it. I'm all Bruce Willis. I, I, I stated that pretty clearly. All right, Mel Gibson starred in a film about knowing exactly what women wanted. Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt. All right, Pete got it. <laughs> what was his co-star's name that Vinny hates? <laughs> uh, Pete, you, you said Helen Hunt first, so I'll give it to you. Your choice. Uh, I'm going to take number one. Okay. All right. Ooh, Sean's got... Well, Sean, this might be a problem for you, huh? It might be a problem for me. I'm going to put some movies that I know down at the bottom, and you guys might not be happy about it. Oh, shit. So Sean's remember. got 13, 12, 9, Pete, I know six, what your number one is, and I will I will drop it early. No, I'll money the bank you so fast you want to know what happened. <laughs> All right. Oh. I would never. That's rude. I'm ready I, whenever. I have, I have a backup if, if necessary. And no one will like it. Well, I'm ready when you guys are. Troll Hunter 2? There is no Troll Hunter 2, <laughs> but there should be. All right, Sean, number 13. All right, so I got a text. Oh, geez, I got a text you. Yes. I should have driven not, out not, there. Not in the group chat. No. Pick picks only. I will only accept your pick in the form of writing on your penis. <laughs> All right, my pick's sent. We're doing 13, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. My numbers are good. All right. With the number 13 pick, Sean brings us Pulp Fiction. Oh, my God. <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> oh, is that, you, you wanted it higher? Jesus. <laughs> well, uh, all right. Starting off with a bang. My, no, don't my, change it. My, my justification for that is it's not a Bruce Willis movie. I mean... Uh, I, I, he's a central character in the film, uh, but it's not really. It's a, it's a Samuel L. and John Travolta movie at heart. 
I, I had a hard time putting it higher on the list. I think I had it at maybe 11, but I wanted to talk about it now. Um, it's a good movie. It's a Tarantino film. Uh, acting in it is superb. The score in it is awesome. The set pieces are amazing. The, it's classic Tarantino dialogue. But it's fucking long, just like a Tarantino film is. And oh, it's Lord. not a Bruce Willis movie to me. So I'd say I wanted to get it on the list to mention it, but I mean but I, I, I had it's it, a good I thought I had it low at six for the exact same reasons. Um but I would, goddamn. Say, I would say Bruce Willis has one of the most unforgettable scenes in the movie. Which one? Uh, with the gimp? Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the gimp scene. So And Walken, but even though that's not really him, I guess. But yeah, I mean, he doesn't really. It, it, like you said, it's not his movie, but I like him as Butch a lot. Oh, great! He loses, he loses points because his girlfriend is like unbearably ugly. I mean, not ugly, uh, annoying, and I don't know how he deals with that. <laughs> that Freudian slip there, jeez, dude. Uh, very annoying. I, I want a pot belly. Yeah, like, yeah that is a weird. What the fuck, yeah. dude? Like, she's so annoying. Whose motorcycle is that? And then not she... a motorcycle, it's a chopper. Whose chopper is that? <laughs> Zed's. Who's Zed? Zed's dead, baby. Yeah, he's, he's like traveling around with a with a toddler. Uh, she forgot the goddamn watch. I mean, and then uh, he told her. He told her about the watch, uh -huh. and she still left it there. Yeah, and then she has the nerve to cry when he gets mad about it. Come on, mind you, he killed a man boxing, and. If you're paying attention to the movie, he's the one who keyed Travolta's car. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't. No, I didn't catch I that. I never caught that. Yeah. Because at the bar, they have that, like, shitty exchange. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Now, it also took points because I, as a youngster seeing this, was really upset that he killed Vincent. Yeah, but it's a funny death. <laughs> yeah, but... His name is Vincent? Uh, well, that too. But, uh... Yeah, it was kind I mean, of an unremarkable death too. He just yeah, he can't quick. go out that way. He was walking out. He's reading in the bathroom. Like, come on. There were so many scenes that weren't centered around Bruce Willis, though. That I, it, you know, it was hard for me to quantify it as a Bruce Willis film. But I do. I, I did not want it to fall off the list. Or I agree. It's it's so good. It's it's on the list regardless. Um, I just didn't expect thirteen. This hey. is gonna be wild. I hey. told you, I've, I'm gonna have to put movies that I that I can at least speak to a little bit. I mean, I have 13 on here, but some of them, it's, it's been a while since I've seen. Mm -mm -mm. All right. Well, you got you back can, to you back can boot it. You can boot it if I'm you want. I'm not booting it. I'm not wasting the money in the bank on that. Didn't make my list. Oh, really? I didn't not... make the list. I love this movie, but I mean, I had to fit Mel Gibson movies on here, too. And, and. And you know, I had to I had to share the love and and as much as I love this movie, um, it's not, I, you know, it, it, I, it's nothing against it. I just you know, there's movies I I love with Bruce Willis or Mel Gibson more on the list on my list. I mean, but I'm glad I, I'm glad it made the list. Yeah, yeah. I I figured I figured it would. I'm actually happy with the placement. Could have been higher, absolutely, but. All right, back to back, Sean. You got that number twelve. Back to back. There's movies that I knew would make this list that are not on my list because 
they're not my personal favorites. I have some that are my personal favorites that I think you guys might disagree with. But we'll see how it shakes out. I think I'm going to fuck you up again. Well, since you're putting in, like, what's potentially high, hot movies, I might just throw some of my dark horses in middle of the pack. Why not? Nah, this one's more of, like, a personal, uh, but I don't know. All right. I hope it's not the kid, is it? Mm. Yes. <laughs> Sean's number 12 is in. From 2005, Sin City. Okay. They make my list. So that's, I could see you money in the banking this because it's again, it's not really a Bruce Willis movie. It's a big this ensemble. Done in a couple, yeah. uh, couple, what'd you say? It's a big ensemble. It's a big ensemble done in out of four or five different parts. Uh, but it's based off graphic novel by Frank Miller. Um, it's uh, like a classic criminal noir kind of film. Uh, dark and. I don't know, almost like a Dick Tracy kind of film. Yeah. Um, well, I think Bruce Willis is only involved in one part, and he's uh, trying to save a young Jessica Alba. Uh, he's an old old cop with a heart condition that's about to retire, and he's saving a young, what, she's a prostitute. Is she a prostitute uh, or a stripper? I don't remember. I, yeah, I don't remember. But uh, good movie, uh, one I watched a lot when I was younger. Yeah, really. I, don't know. I, really wanted, dark. I, wanted to, I wanted to throw it on there, see if I could make it at the bottom of the list. Really dark, uh, a lot of horror elements to it. I enjoy that movie a lot. Yeah, fantastic movie. Uh, it was on my list um, originally, and then I took it off because I confused him with um, Marv. Mickey Rourke? And I, and then Mickey I, Rourke, so, yeah. So then I took it off because. Um, but yeah, no, nah, I'm not mad at it. It's a great movie. Yeah, I don't know. Who's movie? Like, if you had to call it somebody's movie, would it be Mickey Rourke? I think yeah, it would be Mickey Rourke. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I mean, good movie regardless. Number twelve. That was. Is that me? Am I next or is Vinny next? Number eleven is Vinny. All right. Should I just go completely wild here? What do you think? You do you, buddy. Vinny, did Sin City make, make your list? It did not. But also, I didn't feel like it was Money in the Bank worthy either at that spot. Um, I, I was debating it because if you're going to... If you're going to have an ensemble Bruce Willis, it should be uh, Pulp Fiction. And then I was thinking maybe um, Money in the Bank, the other one. But we'll leave it go. Yeah, you, you might be right. I maybe jumped the gun doing Pulp Fiction. Just So Bruce Willis is kind of dominating right now, huh? Look, my list would have been all Bruce Willis. <laughs> I think there were, I might have put, like, one of the Mad Max movies on my list, and that would have been it. All right. I'm going wild, especially since Pulp Fiction is already off. You take this so serious. It's... Almost annoying sometimes. Why? Because it's just like, God, just pick a movie and talk about it. Jesus Christ. I'm just kidding. Then he's picks in. Number 11, 1993, Striking Distance. I don't even know what this is. <laughs> it's Bruce Willis. I, I don't know this one. Guys? No. 
No. <laughs> haven't seen it? <laughs> you, like picked, how, you picked the only Bruce you Willis both, movie. You both haven't like, seen it or no, just don't like nobody it? Nobody has a goddamn clue I haven't about. seen it. Oh, no, God damn. Well, all right. Well, if anyone, including you guys, and maybe the audience is going to get something out of this, you guys got to oh, watch this movie. This Sarah Jessica Parker, movie. he's a Pittsburgh the River... Boat, the, the boat cop movie. Yeah, he's a Pittsburgh uh, River Patrol cop. And gets caught up in this whole serial killer thing. Um, there's there's stuff with corrupt cops. He's part of Bruce Willis is part of like a, a cop family, and his uncles are involved, and his brothers like it's fucking crazy. And is there karate? No karate. Nah. Um, but Sarah Jessica Parker's in it. Horse face. She's his. She's his partner. And, you know, of course, a love interest comes out of it. But the serial killer, like, whenever he kills anybody, he has, like, this, uh, I can't remember if it's, like, a, it's a model car or something. What just happened? I don't know. Is everyone okay there? Everyone okay? Oh, I, I switched to... I think it's figuring out his headphones. Uh, <laughs> thought we were going to have hear? a help I fall and I can't get up situation. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm gonna do need I, coming in that okay? to stop. Though. Yeah. All right my my phones are, my headphones are charging. Yeah, you're good. I can hear you loud and clear. Anyway, you got family and cop stuff going on. You got twists. You got serial killers, and he's a goddamn river patrol cop. And it's Bruce Willis, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Tom Sizemore. Like, what else can you ask for? So please. You got a sighting of Tom Atkins in that film? No, nah, that's uh. You're... Uh, no, I, think I see it, him. I thought, uh, I'm looking at the the cast list. There's a there's a Tom Atkins on there. Where? Sergeant Fred Hardy, police officer, Tommy's uncle. <gasps> oh yeah, oh. Uncle Fred, Tom Atkins. See how that works out? He's in it for about three seconds. Uh, then he didn't rewatch really yeah. this one, did he? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I've seen it so many times though. I don't know how I forgot Tom Atkins is in it though. Well, if he's in it for that short of a time, I mean, it's literally a half a scene. Yeah. I'm only seeing that on. Uh, the cast list. Yeah. yeah, he's from Pittsburgh, which might be why they threw him in the movie. It is. Uh, I'm telling you, it's well worth a watch. I mean, it's ridiculous, but good stuff. All right. All right. So that fell in at number eleven. I'm just saying, there's a lot of better Bruce Willis movies. Well, I could have Money in the Bank, Sin City, and put it there, but wait for that number ten pick. That's for me, right? Yes, sir. Striking distance prize should have been at 13. <laughs> I didn't have that pick. I know. I should have put Sin City at 13, since, but I panicked. I wanted to put something that I, I had why watched not, somewhat recently. Striking distance was my 13, but since Pulp Fiction was already at 13, why not just throw it in there? Peter's pick is in. Number 10. Our first Mel Gibson feature of the evening, Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. Hey, that's where I had it. I would have put it one spot lower, maybe, but I needed to get Mel on here. Uh, so, uh, this movie is a lot um, more fun than the first one. The first one is just like really fucking depressing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, his family gets killed. He hasn't got a bum leg. Um, this movie, he's, uh, he makes friends with a 
janky helicopter pilot. He finds this weird, like, zealot group of people that have a tank of gasoline in the desert (laughs) with a random-ass wild child who I thought was a girl, but I guess was a boy the whole time. Maybe not. Um, but the, uh, the, the bad guys in this, the Ayatollah of rock and roll with the, uh, with the knockoff Jason Voorhees mask. Yeah. Uh, and, and basically not much else, just le- leather straps and underwear. Um, <laughs> And even kind of like the he was, he's even got kind of like the mongoloid Jason head going on, all swollen and like random wisps of hair. Uh, and then his kind of second in line is this crazy mohawked uh, wild man who's uh, has a run in with Mel Gibson at the beginning, and uh, and then they're kind of you know going at it the whole time. Um, it's not a good movie necessarily, but it's it's fu- a fun watch. Yeah, and it's, it's fun, pretty, and they it, they turn the action up in this one a little bit. Yeah, it's early Mel Gibson. Chases. You get you get Mel Gibson with an Australian accent, which a lot of people forget that he's Australian. Uh, and they yeah they turn the action up, lots of explosions. Um, and uh, you know I I'm a sucker for post apocalyptic uh, movies, and without this movie. Which was a bigger budget version of the uh, a bigger budget continuation of the first one, we wouldn't have had Mad Max Fury Road, which is fantastic. Yeah, and then there's this another one in the in the making. So I wish you could have had a cameo in there. Maybe next one. Um, yeah, I mean this like isn't Mel, Mel's finest performance by any means, but um, yeah, he's finding his stride, right? For sure, with a with a bum leg, in a metal apparatus. <laughs> yeah, I dig this. I mean, just because how early on it is in his career. I mean, eighty one. Um, I think number ten is a fine spot for it, but it deserves to be on the list for sure. All right, we're going to the number nine pick. We're going back to back Mel Gibson movies. Ooh. 1989, Lethal Weapon 2 at number 9. Oh. Hip-hop horn. I had a hard time deciding between 1 and 2. I'm so happy that Sean picked 2. In one ear, out the rubber. (laughs) (laughs) It's 1989, Lethal Weapon 2. Not that I don't love 1. First of all, I'm just going to... We're all in agreement here that Lethal Weapon is the better franchise, right? To what? Die Hard, yeah. And Die Hard, yes. because because they're all good. Yes, yes. And we're still um, waiting for that fifth. Now, uh, this this to me, I, I sorry, I don't want to jump in on Sean, but no, please just, go ahead. Just there's one thing about this movie that makes it better than the others, and it's and it's just how ridiculous he is after they kill the South African girlfriend. And he's just like, Raj, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. I'm going to fuck him. <laughs> and he's just so angry. It's not the only time. He says that more than once in the movie. Yeah, it says it multiple times. And, uh, they, they, unleash, they unleash something else. 
and just the and we're not cops tonight, Raj. And they leave their badges, and they're just like, yeah, I fucking love this. We're movie. gonna do straight <laughs> murder. Diplomatic uh, immunity. The kills in this revoked. movie. The kills in this movie are surprisingly good. Like you got the nail gun, a couple mm-hmm. nail guns to the heads. He, oh yeah. He uses a pickup truck and pulls an entire house off the side of a cliff. Yep. And then Hans killing the dude while he's standing on the plastic sheet. That's classic. And then his number two is like, oh, just making sure I'm not standing on a plastic sheet. Uh, the the cop that died, I forget what her name was, the cop that dies off the diving board. She jumps on the do- on the diving board and the diving board explodes. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> uh, a bad way yeah, to go. This movie's it's awesome. a bad way to go. This is a great buddy cop film. Yeah, so this but... one really kicked in the relationship between Murtaugh and uh, Riggs. Like, the buddy cop goes to no other level because they were feeling each other out in the first one. Like, um, Murtaugh wanted to know parts of Riggs and all that, which was, which was you know, good building the whole uh, relationship and, and duo. But this one, like, kicks it into gear. Like, yeah, they're boys and they're out to fuck shit up. Well, they have that scene where Murtaugh's stuck <clears throat> on the toilet and the bombs. Yeah. As soon as he gets out, the bomb's going to explode. And they have that scene where he, he basically says nothing to Mel Gibson, but you know he's telling him he loves him. And and Mel's just like, I know, man. I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this is a great one. Still got the mullet in this one? Dude, I wish that hair was still in style because I could wear my hair that way. If you could... if. <clears throat> If you had Mel Gibson's hair, anyone could pull that off. It, that hair is just—I don't know, man. I don't know if you could pull it off anymore. No, Mel Gibson uh, could pull it off. Uh, hockey players are bringing it back. I might try it. Now, uh, did he cut it for the third one, or did he still have it? I know, I the, four, I know the, the fourth one. He cut he, it. I think it's like mid-movie. He cuts it. I might be wrong. Why would he get a haircut mid-movie? Uh, for Renee Russo to like impress her or something. Mm. I do like, like uh, I do like uh, Riggs' stuff with like bonding with the Rottweiler in the third one. It's good stuff. Yeah. Riggs! I don't like the villain in the third one. By far the weakest villain. Other yeah. than when they when he buries the guy in the cement. Now we have something uh-huh. we can build a foundation on. Yeah, other <laughs> I than think that. I've seen that one the least. Yeah. For sure. I was uh, having a hard time separating which one was which, so I. Joe Pesci's good in that one, but yeah, shout, this was the Joe to, Pesci uh, one. Shout out to Mr. Joshua Gary Busey in number one, though. Dude, I mean, all four are great villains. The third one's just the weakest. Yeah. Jet Li yeah. in the fourth one. I mean, come on. But he's not. But that's the thing. Is he? He's. Not, he's like. He's just doing it for his family, right? Yeah, I mean, but he's still a pretty bad dude. Yeah. In Hong Kong, you'd be dead. What a dumb line. <laughs> what what happened to Jet Li? Uh, I don't know, actually. I think he just hung it up. Last thing I saw him in was Expendables 3. Yeah, I think he just hung it up. All right. That was a great pick. Number uh, nine. So it's me. It's me. <clears throat> no, it's me. Oh. Wait, right? Yeah. Number, where are we? Yeah, at? yeah. You're eight. right. Where? Eight. Yeah, you. Um, 
Conan spell. And then I'm back again at six, huh? Yeah, I think there's still some, still some wiggle room. Have the pick in my hand. Number eight. Another weird pick from Vinny. Oh no. 2005. Hostage. Jesus. Oh no. Really? You know, it's funny because like, all right, the feedback I get from the show is like people. I Vinny always makes me seem like I'm the one that's wrong, and then I go outside and people are like, "What the fuck's with Vinny's picks?" And now I'm realizing that it, it definitely is Vinny. <laughs> Vinny, this is. This is the 13 pick. No. That doesn't make the list if you don't have the 13 pick. No. This is not a 13. This was eight I, on my actual think list. Think about the, the man's entire catalog. We're talking about two guys' entire catalog, and you're going to put this at number eight? It was my number eight on my actual list. All right. Apparently nobody agrees with you. <laughs> oh, man. Something, something good just got booted. <laughs> Well, Never wait, hold on. Let's getting booted. Why should I like hostage? Sell me on hostage right now. Hold on, it's, let not me... a, it's not a bad movie, but it's not. I love this movie. It, it's a, this is a Nick Cage list all over again. The, the <laughs> him, the him versus Ben Foster uh, showdown. It's fucking great. Hold yeah, on, let me recount. Let, let me recount. I might, I might revoke this. Well, it's, it's in. I wrote it down. It's done. <laughs> I can revoke. I, I don't know if you would like what I put next instead. This has a 35% on Rotten Tomatoes. Does it really? All right, I'm revoking. That's 35%? That's the first time we're having a revoke, I think, in the history of the show. A lot of pressure on me here. We've shamed him. I love it. It feels good. I like this producer seat. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to like what, I, right, you pick, what else you I pick, put. You pick whatever you want, man. Well, unless you're me, and then you get yelled at and screamed at. And well, I guess I can't yell at you anymore because, I mean, no, Troll Hunters is fucking yeah. bad. Troll Hunter is great. I don't know. As number one. Come on, dude. Over what? Wreck. Wreck. Get out of here. <laughs> All right. I don't know if Pete's going to be happy with this either, but. Jerry was asking me where Troll Hunter landed on that list. Uh, Jerry, Jerry's a big Troll Hunter fan. It's a great movie. All right, Vinny's new number eight after he pussed out and changed his vote. Uh, number oh, it'll eight, be talked about in discards. Number eight is now a very fun movie, by the way. 1994, Maverick. I don't hear much. This still not happy. Peter? Talking about two men's entire catalog. <laughs> oh my god, you don't like Maverick? Never even fucking seen Maverick. You've never seen Maverick? Well, that's a you problem. That's not a me problem. This is a... Sean, do you got anything? No, not really. Fuck! I mean, this is good stuff. How is... I, I'm looking at my... The Last Boy Scout's not going to make this list. How is The Last Boy Scout not going to make this list? Because he's playing the same role as Die Hard. That's why I didn't put it on the list. It's the same role. But it's better. 
it's better than Die Hard. It's not better it's not- than Die Hard. Why are we getting so I'm much? Happy to give, I'm happy you picked a Mel Gibson film. Why are we getting so much reverb and feedback? Are you hearing that? Yeah, because Pete's on speakerphone. Oh. Um, All right. Listen, I, I'm, I'm not gonna. Confused. I'm not gonna. Maver- I, I have no. Maver- Maverick's a decent movie. I was confused. Yeah, state, state, state your case for Maverick there. Yeah, this is. You have Mel Gibson as as a con man doing a Wild West uh, poker movie. Come on. Teamed up with Jodie Foster. I I was confusing this with something else. What do you think it was? I thought it was a obscure Bruce Willis movie that I've never seen. <laughs> Last Man Standing, because I almost put that on too. No, Ma- Maverick's pretty good. I yeah. haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, it's very fun. It actually it's fun. It's a good comedy. Maverick was so much fun that like me and three of my friends started playing poker on a daily basis because of it and trying to like learn how to cheat decks and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like it has like a, it's tense moments. It's it's very funny. Um, I love uh, the the duo and dynamic of him and, and Jodie Foster, like, conning each other. Uh, <clears throat> Graham Greene doing, like, the, the Native American, like, his, his boy, like, helping him out uh, is hilarious when they're trying to trick everybody. Um, yeah, I mean, this one's just a lot of fun. It's, it's just a, an uh, all-out Western, but comedy and with the the basis being cards and conning people like it's just a fun ride yeah i'm i'm not in on the list obviously i'm good with it though because um it's also a it's a 60s western television show that they based it off of yes so i mean i'm a sucker you know yeah when i my dad and i were going through a big kick of watching this movie a lot and he's like oh he's like let me show you the tv show that it's based on and we got into that All right, Peter with the number seven pick. I'm excited I, for this one because I'm act- just confused about what's getting bumped here. Oh, you better figure it out, buddy. <laughs> uh, number seven. Does anyone? I, I guess I should give Pete the honor. No, I already did it. All right. Number seven is Ransom. No one wants to do it. Vinny. Get up, my son! There you go. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Gary Sinise. <laughs> Gary Sinise, a scummy Gary Sinise, which you don't really get. Yeah, it's like the uh, Ga- Gary Sinise, like Lieutenant Dan, nice guy, guitar player, as kidnapping bastard. Yeah, kidnapping and, and, bastard. And, and, and at first, you don't know. Like they 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 play it off like it's just and and kind of a. A, a big, a, a quiet ensemble cast of, of characters. You have Donnie Wahlberg, uh, Liev Schreiber, um, the, uh, but the, these four people that kidnapped the kid and Donnie Wahlberg's like the, the junkie that is out buying um, kids cereal and Gary Sinise calls him an idiot and then you realize that he's running the crew for being a junkie out buying kids cereal when they're when a high profile kid has just been kidnapped um who's this dude evan handler that's in it he looks like the singer of disturbed uh he (laughs) i know what you're thinking because in that movie he kind of does but he ends up being the love interest of uh 
of Mar- I think Mar- uh, no, Charlotte in Sex in the City. He's like the bald Jewish guy. And then in, in Californication, he's Runkle. <laughs> you got he's Delaware Lindo in this too. I love some Delaware Lindo, especially in this in this time. Oh yeah, this time frame. And he's basically like he could easily be like the same guy. First of all, and I hope this doesn't sound bad. I thought that he and Lawrence Fishburne were the same person for a long time. Uh, I, I, I think that was I, just, see like, I was like a young kid. Yeah, like, like, a I youngster. Lawrence, like I thought Lawrence Fishburne was in Fast and the Fair or uh, <laughs> um, Gone Sixty Seconds. And then I realized that he's not because it's that guy. Anyway, um, but he's awesome. Um, is this going to stay here, Vinny? I mean, I didn't think you're going to call me out like that, but no, it's not. Yeah, I kind of figured. Now, here's the thing. I like this movie. I like Gary Sinise, but it's not about Gary Sinise or his performance in this movie. Mel Gibson, I mean, were you that impressed or blown away by his role in this? Give me when he when he yells, give me back my son. Well, yes, yes, that's awesome, and I love quoting that. But other than that, I think I have a better number seven spot and another Mel Gibson performance that's better. But you just been sh- shitting all over me on this. So I don't know what's gonna happen. So you're burning your money in the bank already. <clears throat> I am. Wow, that was. This is the type of guy you give a $5 bill to and burn a hole in his pocket. I'm really hoping you're going to say, oh, what are you doing? This was higher on my list, but I have a feeling you're going to shit all over me. Honestly, there isn't much more Mel Gibson on my list. Wait, there isn't much more Mel Gibson? What are you talking about? On my list. Really? That I would pick because there's so much... Well, that's I mean, little, there's, there's that's obviously a, a few. Disturbing, too. Well, folks, we got a new number seven. It's another Mel Gibson doozy. Payback from 1999. So, this was on my list. And I took it off because I, you can't find it anywhere. I can't find it anywhere Yeah, so I was going to bring that. I, you know what? Um, that might that have... I forgot about that. And that might have changed my... Uh, my choice on this because no one can watch it. But what the fuck's with that? Like, it must be owned by like uh, Weinberg or Wein, Weinstein. 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 A lot of the Weinstein movies are hard to because he's a douchebag. And well, they're up in some of them are up in limbo. Some of them have been bought. Um, it's the reason why there isn't a sequel to Dogma because yeah, they own the rights to Dogma. Yeah, it's a, that was such a weird sale because it was sold by not like the major like the Weinstein company. It was like all the subdivisions. I think yeah. is how everything got sold. So yeah, a lot of stuff. I think, like certain people got stuff that they didn't really want, but something was somewhere. And then other people, like like this movie, is probably just hanging out in limbo because of some stupid little um, caveat where it's like, oh well, it's a, uh, it's under this banner. So yeah, I mean, I used to have this on DVD, and when I was putting my stack together for that that Insta post, I couldn't find it. So I don't know if I misplaced it or what. But I will. Well, I was pay. about to say. I was about to say I'm. I'm surprised that you can't watch it because I thought you would own this since you own Frankenstein's Army on DVD. I have Frankenstein's Army on Blu-ray. Bravo, bravo. Have you seen Frankenstein's Army? Yet? Aaron Eckert. No, it's on my list. Aaron Eckert. 
I'll stand by that. Aaron was, Eckert. I was so mad about the wrong movie for like 10 minutes. <laughs> I can't believe that you would think I would pick I Frankenstein. Anyway, listen. Payback. This is like the pinnacle of rooting for the bad guy. He is like Mel Gibson is such a scumbag in this and a piece of shit. Like there's nothing, there's no real good quality about him at all, but you're rooting for him all the way. Um, and it, it is a, it's a very sleazy movie. Um, he's going against, um, the actor's name is Greg Henry is the villain. Like his former best friend, Val, who is like this an equal piece of shit. Um, and it's all about, it, it's a revenge movie. Um, Val steals, like they had a, they had a, a heist job together and Val robs him with uh, Mel Gibson's girlfriend and they screw him over and take 20 grand. And it's all about him getting that 20 grand back. And uh, the dude, Val like works for a syndicate and he's going all the way up the rankings and and taking all those dudes out and doesn't give a shit about what's going to happen to him. He just wants his 20 grand. And that's kind of like the whole thing with the movie like it's such a small amount of money like and even like the the various villains are like why are you doing all this for $20,000? Like he's like because it was my money. Um it's it's good stuff and it's just I like the dynamic between him and Val a lot and like uh, Val's in the restaurant with uh, David Pamer. You know David Pamer, that um, character actor? He's in a lot of different yeah. stuff. You would know his face. Do you... Did He's you, got, I, got like a scrunchy face like... Yeah. Do you do you know this one, Pete? Like the scenes? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I probably just haven't seen it in like 15 years. Do you remember so when... Why... Do you remember when Val and... Um, and uh, David Pamer at the restaurant, and he's like telling him about Mel Gibson coming after him. And he's like, "All right, all right, like, just settle down, Val. Like, don't worry, I'll, I'll pay. I'll pay for the beers." And Val's like, "Do you see me reaching for my fucking wallet?" It's that kind of stupid. <laughs> like, I love that shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this one, like, not the best movie in Mel Gibson's like catalog, but his performance in this one is so different. Uh, he's basically playing a villain, but like the main character, and so therefore you're rooting for him. But it's a villain, and it's something like you never see, we've never seen before from Mel Gibson, and he does it so well and it's so gritty. I think it really had to be on this list. Um, not not mad at it. Yeah, I mean, if something was going to replace Ransom, I'm glad it was us. Same era. Oh yeah, definitely. Like I think, they, yeah. I think they um, were, these were like back-to-back -back movies for him. Yeah, I think they were. <clears throat> All right, cool. Sean, I think that puts you up next at number six. I got you. So I'm trying to plan out the list here. You got four Mel, three Bruce. I got thoughts about where I want to take it. I think I'm going to bump a movie up. Why does he always do that? Is he still to stress us out? Mm. Not you, Sean. Embiid. Did that ball hit him in the face? Oh, he's back already? Yeah. Nah, arm to the face. He's fine, though. What's the score? 
Like oh, they're up 15. He barely got hit. He's just trying to get that, that shot. All right. Number six, Sean's pick. A movie that I never really quite understood. Uh-oh. 12 Monkeys. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Sorry. Is that, a bad, uh, is that a bad, oh, damn it? Or... I mean, I wouldn't have money to bank this. I don't, Why? Get, I don't get this movie. Yeah, this one always went way I don't over get my it. head. I don't get it. Oh, man. I, I like that they filmed be, it in I Philly. I thought this would be right up your alley. It's my number three. Wow. Uh, this is a, a sci-fi dystopian mess centered in the city of Philadelphia. Yeah, I can, um, I can never... I, I'm not going to say it's bad or good. It's just it's one that's always just gone over my head, and I'm like, I don't get it. I, and I feel dumb. Like, I don't get it. Well, it follows... You get you got it following James Cole, who's living in a time loop of... It's a butterfly effect, sort of. Yeah. To, Pete. In a way. Uh, jumping ahead. What was your take on the ending? Do you think... Uh, uh, I forget what her name is. It's sitting on the plane that says she's uh, insurance. Was, was uh, she there? Was she there to end the loop? No, I think she was there to make sure it happened. That that it did. Because, that it did happen. Because they're the only people in power in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm confused. Point, just what I don't even know what you guys talking about. <laughs> That's my. Uh, take. Is it? Are you, I, I uh, you shouldn't well, use your money in the bank. I guess. So they this made a, good, a... This is a great movie. They made a TV series off this, right? Yeah. Was it like a continuation or a similar idea? I think it was just in the same universe. Okay. But it did also, uh, I think the TV series got canceled after what two seasons? I don't. Maybe, that didn't last long. Maybe one. I got a buddy. He's got a Twelve Monkeys tattoo. I mean, people mm. people love yeah, this people movie. People love it. I yeah. just I I just yeah. I you got a you got a youngish Brad Pitt, Christopher Plummer. Yeah, big ups uh, to Brad Pitt in this movie. He plays the psycho really well. Big ups to Brad Pitt. In he's every just like, movie? yeah, uh, he he uh, ends up releasing all the animals from the zoo, uh, and there's a scene immediately after which he they show a big poster of Nas's Illmatic, the Ooh. album cover, uh, which I think one of the more popular songs off that is "The World Is Yours," mm. and I think that's a little nod because when Bruce Willis makes it to the surface in the future, the world just it's just all animals up there. There's no human being. I, I like this movie because it's kind of nonsensical a little bit. Uh, oh, it's chaotic too. Yeah. Um, it probably would, like I said, I think I had it at number three. The, the middle of my list is all kind of just like it could be anything. Yeah. I actually moved it up just to talk about um, it. I said I, it was my number three. I have that written down at number three. Probably wouldn't have made number three, depending on the re the way the rest of the picks go. If, um, but I'm glad. I'm actually love the position of it here. Um. So, yeah. I mean, I don't have much else to say about it. I, I think it's, you know, it's just a, a it's another. Not a, it's, not a it's not a feel good. Uh, no, maybe and that's it, why I think because because of the way they killed the, them off. That's why I don't think you're supposed to have any good feelings about the ending. Wait, Maybe I airplane. should rewatch this as an adult. I mean, I haven't seen this since I was. I, I rewatched it for this list. Yeah, I did. It. I did too. Did you appreciate it more? Yeah. 
So maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe it deserves a rewatch then. Right. I mean, I think especially in the light of COVID happening recently, where you have a virus infecting humanity and killing people off, it, it felt more relevant now than ever. It's definitely a loved movie. Like, I mean, this is when I was looking into, you know, just other like websites and podcasts, uh, top Mel Gibson and top Bruce Willis separately lists. Um, this was high in a lot of people's Bruce picks. I mean, uh, lists. All right, I dig it. So that fell in at number six, correct? Yep. So that puts me at five. Right, here's my opportunity to get hostage back on. Wow, I'm just uh, <laughs> bringing the, re the heat I was, real I was, hard. Huh? I was really trying to get a reaction out of Pete, and uh, it didn't work. <laughs> I think Pete's done with you. <laughs> Wait, what happened? I was like, all right, here's my opportunity to get hostage back on the list. Oh. <laughs> all right, number five, one of my personal favorites from 97, another Bruce Willis banger, The Fifth Element. Corbin Dallas multi-pass? Just watched it. So good. Did it, I, this afternoon. This gets a rewatch out of me a lot. It's one of those ones when it's, whenever it's on cable, like, yeah, I, I'm not turning off. It doesn't matter where it is in the movie. This was on. First of all, these two actors are probably like the kings of like late '90s, 2000, all the way to like 2010. Probably TNT, TBS movies in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. And this movie was probably like number one. Yeah, I agree. And and um, when you put Bruce Willis and Gary Oldman together, mm -hmm. especially Gary Oldman doing this weird forehead bleeding, boogering, whatever that is, southern draw. The southern draw, I, I mean, it's just great. And then when you have Mila Jovovich just looking hot as hell. Is this the first time we've ever seen her? I believe so. It's, it's gotta be, yeah. Uh, let me yeah, I saw her on Married with Children. Well, she uh, plays the French foreign exchange student. Don't tell me I'm making that up because I no, know. Not, I, I have no doubt that you weren't making it up, but uh, bro, she was in Dazed and Confused too before. Yeah. Oh yeah. Married with Children was '89, and Dazed and Confused was '93. So, Fifth Element right behind it in '97. Um. Yeah, so Chris I mean, like, Tucker's Chris Tucker's annoying in this movie, right? I, I, love, I love it. it. Yeah, it's, I love it's, it. It's it's supposed well, to be, and it works. Yeah, it's so weird because this was like the. Well, it's so weird because Luke Besson directing, and that's all he does is weird. Well, but for me as like a child, like you know, like I'm discovering all these Bruce Willis action movies, but at the same time, I was also watching like Friday for the first time. I'm going from Friday to Fifth Element. I'm like, what the hell's going on with Chris Tucker? Um, he was trying to find himself, and then he just vanished. Yeah. He he did. Pete, did you go to the comedy show he did at Jay Wu? Yeah. <laughs> he did. A, he did a stand-up comedy show at our college. Like Wait, our, Chris Tucker? Yeah. You're talking about like the be, like the beginning of freshman year. Yeah. That was um, Mike Epps. No, he came too, but so did Chris Tucker. 
Oh, I don't know. It, it, it was uh, sophomore year. Kevin, I think Kevin Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker was sophomore year. Oh, I'm talking about freshman year. Uh, yeah, that was Mike Epps. But then he was our junior year was Snoop Dogg. Yeah, I didn't go to that. Well, yeah, because we fed him. Remember, we had to work. Right. Um, anyway, that was... But uh, Fifth Element. Great sci-fi. <clears throat> great adventure. Great action. You got aliens doing opera. You have, like we already said, Gary Oldman as a wacky, awesome villain. You have those <clears throat> space borgs as the the soldiers that were just super cool. Uh, a lot of practical effects. Um, a lot of like fantasy going on with the elements. It, it was just uh, all around. Great, great, great. I think this is also the last time we see Bruce Willis with hair. Yep, yep. One of the last times for sure. You have some comedy worked in. We're sending out someone to negotiate. Um... Yeah, I think this is a great movie. It it really could have even been higher. I, I didn't know if I was going to get any slack for it not being higher, but I think fine is Arena 5 is a fine spot and not insulting in any way to this awesome movie. So, I do I get two more picks? So that was five. So you get, yeah, you get four and one. All right. Sean gets three. I get two. This is tough. I don't know. There's some movies on here that are, are just not, well, I, I guess I'll go to discards. I got a lot of discards that we're going to have to go through as quickly. I had to, I had fifth element a little bit lower. Uh, good Where do you have it, Pete? Uh, five. Okay. Hmm. All right. I'm going to go with my gut. Oh, I'm nervous. <laughs> I really want my number two to be available for me, and I don't think it's going to be. I don't know, man. My list, all it's all jacked up. Picking it random. Number four. This is a surprise to me. <laughs> Armageddon. <laughs> oh. I added a three. Okay. Didn't make my list. Well, we got one of the best uh, love songs by Aerosmith out of this movie. Um, great 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 ensemble cast I mean you have Owen Wilson you have big uh, what's his name from the Green Mile um, Michael Clark Duncan Michael Clark Duncan you got character actors all over the place uh, Steve Buscemi as the wild man he's great in this um, William Feichner yeah, that's like the number. Is that the name of the guy who's like his right hand man? Okay, uh, he's the, also... the like the lead the lead NASA astronaut. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Let me bring this. That up. becomes his buddy. That, be, that they become friends at the end. Yeah. So, oh, Billy Bob Thornton. Liv Tyler, Ben uh, Affleck. Will, Will, Will Patton's the guy I was thinking about who's uh, gone in 60, also in Gone in 60 Seconds. Um, you got the Russian cosmonaut, the get Peter Stormare, who's like the Russian in every movie that ever needs a Russian. Uh, yeah, Welcome I just fucking, to the I mean, Russian just, space station. I just love this movie, and uh, Bruce Willis saves the world. I mean, what else? What else can you say? And I swear, like, I have no shame. At the end, when the guy that Sean mentioned, William Feichner, walks up to Liv Tyler, and he salutes her, and he says, asking permission to shake the hand of the daughter. Of the bravest man I've ever met. Yeah, still gets I cry. me. Still gets me. Yeah, every single time. Really, the only thing that brings the movie down is Ben Affleck. Yeah, um, not a good performance. But Bruce Willis gets to punch him. Yeah, you know, and tries to shoot him with a shotgun. They, I and think. they really did fly to that that asteroid, right? Well, oh, yeah, real? yeah, yeah, and no. Uh, no uh, stuntman. They they just did it. Um. Yeah, and they, they yeah they're just roughneck drillers, man. America. Um, so, I mean the whole uh, the whole putting the team together and how ridiculous was like the training and how there's like you know, throw these guys up there. That was all a lot of fun. Bruce Willis as their leader was like really believable and a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I can see Bruce Willis being these dudes, uh, chiefy and all their, all their demands for doing the mission. Like there's so much good stuff. And, Oh yeah, that, that's great. Yeah. You know, um, he's, he's like, he's like, and, uh, they, they asked my like parking tickets and stuff. He's like, Oh yeah. And, um, they don't want to pay taxes anymore. Ever again. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> yeah, I love this movie. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, uh, nothing to be sorry for. I, I Really, the only reason they make my list was because I thought it was maybe too cliche or... And then, like, I was getting I was getting into a thing, like... I mean, like, we'll get into it at the end of the list, like, for who wins the list. Bruce Willis plays a lot of similar to the same characters a lot more than than Mel Gibson does. I think Mel Gibson's a lot more diverse. Yeah, and true. This, this fell into the. You think this is a regular character for him? Well, I, I mean, it was different because he was being like the the dad. Yeah, usually he's a deadbeat dad. Yeah, yeah. But in this, you don't even know where the mom is. He's the one that's taking yeah. care of her. Um. Yeah, I mean this is good stuff, and I, and, you, you guys know I love a good end of the world flick, but oh, the, for the, the same thing. year, uh, the, Deep the, Impact gets gets my vote over this one. That's tough. Uh, yeah, they're both really good. Um, but uh, um, the other the other thing with this is how, um, uh. Billy Bob Thornton has the gimpy legs, so he can't. He could never be an astronaut. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Bruce Willis rips off his patch and has them deliver it to him. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of heart in this movie too. Yeah, 
and uh, what was the one other thing? Do you know what part doesn't have heart or wasn't sentimental or romantic or got me uh, animal characters? The animal characters. Like, <laughs> not. Good lord, sir. That was my bad. <laughs> um, not cute. That was not cute. It was stupid. And I didn't find Oh, it come on. Uh, but the, the the other thing I like in this is the the speech that the president gives. Uh, Who is the president again? It's not anyone. As it, far as I can remember, it's not anyone like. But it's more just the words are memorable. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna like find it and read it or anything. But. Um, yeah. Cool. So this fell at four, right? Yeah. All right. Sean's got three. And number three is here. Oh, wow. Metal Gibson. I got Oh, no. Do it. Patriot. Fuck you, mm. dude. <laughs> Where did you want it? Was it my number two? I just really wanted to talk about it. Well, you can. Oh, please. <laughs> so I, I had a feeling. I had a feeling you were going to put it at number two. Oh, but, uh... I told you. So you just trampled yeah, my heart. Yeah, yeah. You trampled on my heart purposely. That's a fucked up move. Uh, That's a good oh, man, right it's such a it's such a great movie. Uh you got Mel Gibson, uh a young Heath Ledger. Mel's Mel's just a, a war vet that's now a pastor and wants to retire on his farm with his wife and kids. He's not and a pastor, is that back into it. He's not a pastor. Or he's a reverend. No, he's not. He, they don't say anything about that. He's just a dude. Oh, just oh, he's not a reverend. You're it? thinking of signs. He's a retired. Oh, you know what? I am mixing my movies up. I think. <laughs> uh, he's a so retired he's just, military he's just a, man. Yeah, he's a retired. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, right. yeah, he was in the French and Indian War, but like, there's no, there's no reverend stuff. <laughs> no, I thought it, maybe he's just a religious man in this. It's been a while. This is one of those ones that I haven't watched in a while. It's uh, so good. This does fall in that category. He got very preachy, like all his characters. Signs, this, we were soldiers. Like, all those characters were, like, very godly men, which I think, you know, all led to that sugar tits. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of symbolism. It all led to sugar tits. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of symbolism in this one, too, where they, they ended up... So they burned the church down with all the villagers inside of it? Yeah, it's fucked up. That's a, that's a fucked uh, up scene. There's a lot of traumatizing shit in this movie. I made Steph watch it again... Um, or no, I thought it was again, it was her first time and you know, I was hyping it up like hard. I'm like, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. I love this movie. Top 10, whatever. And, and when it's over, I'm like, so what'd you think? She's like, I don't know. It was kind of depressing and they killed too many children. <laughs> <laughs> they killed all of his children. <laughs> yeah. Except what the girl? No, a few of them survived. The uh, all the youngsters survived. All the older ones dead. Oh man, he takes the kids like the the pewter toys and he melts them and makes bullets out of them. Yeah, dude, it, it's it's not it's not holding back. It's so good. There's there's tragedy like, but like the whole thing with him like leading the militia and being this ghost and uh, what's his name? Uh, he didn't really do much other than this. And Harry Potter. Uh, what the fuck's his name? He's the villain in this. But he Nathan was an Isaac. He was a bad villain. Like, I remember as a kid, because I saw, you know, this was 2000. This 
and Gladiator were like my jams back then. And I fucking hated Joaquin Phoenix because of that movie. And I hated this dude because of this movie. Like, great villain. Kills Mel Gibson's kid. He's like, stupid boy. Like, ah. Um, the whole militia that he puts together, it's like a, it's like an awesome, merry group of men just going out, trying to take down the British and get their freedom. Good stuff. I love this movie. Great movie, um, and I'm I'm glad it made it into the uh into the top three. Got some good war violence with cannonballs taking dudes' heads off. Oh, the the other thing that I love about the character is that he goes he goes in with that Native American war hammer into battle. Yeah. Yeah, I mean so when, when the first son gets killed early on and he goes and just unleashes carnage on that the the uh group of guys that were taking Heath Ledger to get hung and starts hacking away at that dude with the with the axe yeah. while his sons are watching and they're like, damn, that's that's for real. <laughs> yeah, I love this movie. Alright, so that fell at three. I guess I shouldn't be that bummed. One spot. Alright, well, I'm going to go ahead and do this then. Who's ready to talk about the whole nine yards at number two? It's a joke again. God, you guys are giving me no reaction. You lost all your respect real fast. Everybody's a little nervous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> as soon as that striking distance pick came out. Dude, that's a great Oh. <laughs> the bottom the bottom This this hurts my heart. The bottom three picks are what was that what did that fall in it? Striking distance? Eleven? 11. That's completely acceptable for Dark Horses. I might quit the show. I, this shouldn't I, break I, your heart. There's a reason for this. I, I may quit the show. There's a reason for this. You guys you guys made a mistake giving me uh, the most picks. I didn't know what it gave them to you. You fell with it. No, I, I didn't win any trivia. They did. They gave it to me. Well, I almost picked quantity over quality, but then... This number two pick... This... Maybe the end of the Killer Pod from Outer Space. Oh, stop it. Almost 100 episodes, and I think I'm done. Are you serious? Yep. Number two, Vinny's pick, 1990. Die Hard 2. That's, uh, that's pretty, oh boy. pretty much how I feel about it, too, boys. Silence. It's an... Oh boy! It's ahead, not a bad movie. Not a bad movie. We have talked Just about Die Hard. Oh, but it's <laughs> it's not, it's, it's not as good as Die Hard or Die Hard with a Vengeance. It's it's. Uh, we talked about Die Hard too rather, much on this show. I would rather uh, a good day to Die Hard be on here. <laughs> no, are you fucking serious? Yes. First of all, no Die Hard movies made my list because the last Boy Boy Scout should be on this list. This well, is this is this gonna be the first list that has to go under review because like. I feel like this is going to have to go to like independent surveyors and we're going to have to have a whole I thing. think The Last Boy Scout could have easily fallen on this list but it's the same role as Die Hard and I will argue better better one he smokes that, like a thousand cigarettes in that movie one we've talked about <laughs> Die Hard too in much fact, in the fact, show in fact he even has a line in, in that movie that says I think I might just smoke some cigarettes there's some pretty good cigarettes Two, I will argue that Die Hard 2, Bruce Willis, we had a little bit more fun with. 
And he's, oh, let's do it all over again. And you have airport action going on. And he's getting recognized. He's having banter with uh, the dude from um, NYPD Blue as the airport chief. Yeah, it's like, definitely was, definitely not as good as his banter with Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Uh, I don't really. Uh, uh-huh. uh, Vengeance falls off for me. I love all the the stuff where they're like doing the scavenger hunt and and following all the clues. But then once they get into like they're they're robbing the the gold. Uh, I don't know. That one falls off for me. I think this one's a lot of fun, and you get a lot of good Bruce Willis, and it's like self aware. Bruce Willis and, and aware of the success of Die Hard 1. And really, it was just for the sake of... We talked about Die Hard, the OG, a lot in this show. So why not recognize the sequel, which I see as not better, but just as good as the original. Not as good. I mean, um, bet definitely better than the third one. And all the sequels after the third one, trash. Yeah, I don't even count them as sequels. <laughs> trash. Yeah. I like Vengeance. I just see it as the third best. Well, you are... I think I, I think I like Vengeance a little bit better than number two, but... I think I, Vengeance is the best one. I, I really love the first half of Vengeance, and then it, it loses me. I'm, uh... Distraught? Go to the bathroom. <laughs> That's... See, you, you have... Made Pete have to go to the bathroom. That's how bad your picks have been. You've hurt his... How bad my picks have been. You've hurt his bladder. How are my picks bad? You're giving him internal injuries because of your bad picks. My picks are not bad. I did not pick Troll would number one. I would say your only good pick tonight has been the fifth element. Personally, as the producer. Well, you haven't seen a Mel Gibson movie, so that makes you a top I've seen all the Lethal Weapons, and that's it. Oh, and Mad Max. That's actually that's actually all you needed to watch. <laughs> well, that and Braveheart. I've never seen The Patriot. I've never seen. I've seen Signs actually. I've seen Signs. How come the Man Without a Face isn't on this list? I do like that movie a lot. <laughs> all right, dude. So we're at the number one pick, and I am a I'm a lenient producer. I'm a I'm a good producer. I'm a producer of the people. And I believe that the number one pick should be announced by the man who has that number one pick. Especially because we know this man is particularly proud of this number one pick. Very proud of this number one pick. I don't even have to... Like, this... I've never seen what the number one pick will be. You need to get on that. But I've known it would be the number one pick as soon as the list was announced. So, Pete, lay it on us. Historians from England will tell you that I'm a liar. But history is written by those who have hanged heroes. Number one pick, Braveheart. Mm-hmm. Now, I think this is the first time we have three pe- people picking the list, and we all had the same number one. That's a first, right? No. Um, the no, Christmas think, list, me, you, and Lyle. I did once before. Me, you, and Lyle all had Black Christmas at number one for the Christmas oh, okay. list. Oh, okay. I think we three maybe all had it once before, too. But I could be wrong. All right. Um, so I often 
referred to this when, pe- when people who haven't seen this movie that think, oh, it's a war movie, say, no, no, no. It's the greatest love story ever put on film. Because the man, despite all the historical inaccuracies in this movie, which are plenty, ignore that and just look at it as basically like a fictional movie. Yeah. Um, uh, even though there's there's some things that are true, he was a real person. Um, but regardless, he goes to war against England because they kill his wife uh, in cold blood. And um, I mean, I've watched this movie. This this is my it, it's it's my second favorite movie of all time. But it's almost a one-two punch. Um, Wait, what's I've your first? Forrest Gump. Okay. Like, period? Favorite yeah. movie of all time, Forrest Gump? Period with a T. Wow. With a T. Period. 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 <laughs> all right, we'll have to talk it's, about it's that. A, it's a thing the kids do. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, both these movies, they hold really they both uh well both these movies it's like i'm talking about both this and forrest gump now no no no. but hang on uh braveheart has really good um life lessons in it if you really pay attention to it um it starts off with him as a young kid uh the scottish people have been oppressed by the british for a long time uh they as a kid his father or his father and brother go off what they think is a peaceful negotiation and they're killed. They come back and uh, before his father leaves, he's begging his father as like a seven-year-old little boy with a, like, a terrible savage mullet haircut. He's like, he's like, I can fight. I can fight. And his dad says, I know you can fight, but it's our wits that make us men. Uh-huh. And that's one of those lessons. Like, you don't always have to be some tough motherfucker. You just have to be smart. Because when he comes back as an adult, he's just a guy, and he has all these fucking strategies and he uses against the British. And then when his uncle Argyle comes to help bury his younger brother, who is played by the great Brian Cox of Succession fame, uh, uh. He tells him he, he reaches for the sword and he hits him on the forehead and says, First, learn to use this, his head. Mm-hmm. Then I'll teach you to use this. And he holds up the sword. Um, just full of uh, just good, raw emotion. It's really well written. It's directed by, um, I'm, I'm blanking on his first name, but it's like a, a direct descendant of William Wallace who actually like found out all this story, the story and, and helped write it. And he ended up, I'm sorry, he wrote it. It's directed by Mel Gibson. Um, Mel Gibson's first directing debut. As far as I know, he won best director for it. I think it also won best picture at the Oscars um, in 95 the year before Forrest Gump won best picture. Just saying, not that I you know <laughs> care about that. I don't go and decide my best, my favorite movies off of what won Academy Awards, but um, 
I don't know. I mean, I could talk about this movie forever, so it's three hours long. Um, this I, is I, a three-hour movie where I don't think any of it needs to be or, or could be shaped. It's three hours of well-deserved minutes. Yeah, I mean, it, it goes pretty fast. It slumps a little in the middle, but that's just because it's not action. But yeah. uh, it's it's fantastic. This, the, this, mo- this movie is endlessly quotable from yeah, beginning to absolutely. end. Yeah, yeah. The characters the, are lovable. The raw emotion that you mentioned, like, from Mel Gibson and other characters is, like, through the roof. It's just great. Yeah, I mean, the, there's uh, the big brawny, um, played by one of my one of my favorite character actors, um, uh, Brendan Gleeson. Uh, he's he's been in all sorts of stuff. He's the big redheaded, uh, pikey guy. He uh, and his Finn father, it. his father who play who's in, ends up being in Game of Thrones as the as the Grand Maester of the. Uh, or the whatever the guy who runs the Black Watch in Game of Thrones—that's mm-hmm. the father. Yep. Um, the you know the death of the father and and all that stuff and uh, yeah, it's just uh, I mean I I encourage I've given this movie to people as gifts. I own like three copies on DVD. I also own it on Amazon Prime just because I didn't feel like going upstairs. <laughs> and then I and then I can just. And awesome. then I can just put it on. Um, I'd like all of us to get together to watch this since Jeff hasn't seen it. I feel like this is yeah, the one can, that would be, be yeah, cool. on, on the outdoor screen. Oh, yeah. yeah. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. In front of a bonfire yeah. while throwing axes? Oh, yeah, we'll drink scotch. Oh, my God. No scotch for me, please. We'll play some outlawed yeah. tunes on outlawed pipes. Oh, yeah. Say goodbye in our own way. Uh, I forgot um, Brian Cox was in this. Yeah, and and was well, he's, it's actually, he's in it for not even five minutes. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and what I love is, did you guys see Super Troopers too? Uh, no, I never. Yeah, I didn't bother. It was it was it was like completely crowdfunded. Um, and but Brian, you know, we meant Brian Cox is like the head of the. He's their boss in the first yeah, he's one. The oh, yeah, yeah. And then in the second one, Station um, Anigans, one more time. In the, in the beginning, there's this um, there's a scene where they're like all they all have like code names, and they refer to him as Uncle Argyle. And I'm like, was this was that joke written just for me? Because I'm like, I feel like I'm one of like five people that get that joke. <laughs> they're like, hey, uh, Uncle Argyle, what's what what? How do you view the subject? And like, <laughs> um, anyway. Um, as far as, uh, I'm trying to think, um, so you have, uh, Sophie Marco, who plays the French, uh, queen, uh, future Bond girl after this movie. Um, Brendan Gleeson, who went on, and he's also father of Damo Gleeson, who's a, probably like about our age, roughly. He's a good actor. He's in. He was the guy in the new Star Wars movie with the redhead, tall redheaded guy, um, who's like one of part of the evil empire, the new evil empire. Um, you got uh, the guy who plays Stephen, the Irishman, 
Uh, he pops up every once in a while. He was in The Departed. Um, anyway, I feel like I can stop talking about this movie and we can get into discards. Uh, if you haven't seen Braveheart, get up off your ass and watch it. I mean, it, it yeah, is... It's... Between both actors' filmographies, this is... Like we already said, like our, our collective number think, one. I... But I, I truly believe it is by and far, like, it, like leaps and bounds, the number one. I think what one of the things I noticed when I was making this list is because because I because I celebrate so much Gibson, um, I, I said to Sean when, when even just right when we said we would do this list, I thought it it was going to be a Gibson win outright, but then it really it's more that Mel Gibson has more like really he he has more like really good award winning level like things that are nominated for awards but then but then bruce willis has way more like quality middle of the road stuff yeah i was gonna get into that when we get in this car is like mel yeah. gibson wins for quality and willis wins for quantity like right. my discard list is very short for mel gibson but huge for bruce willis yeah i think one of the only so go, getting into um we were soldiers is one that i mean it's just sean and i were talking about it during the break just Speech. a really good different take on a vietnam movie because it it's part part of it is the training and then part of it it's it's it takes place in the beginning of the vietnam war whereas yeah. a lot of the vietnam movies drop you right into the middle and it like takes place they're they're just starting this whole campaign of helicopter drops and helicopters taking off and that's all brand new. That's practicing that before they go, and Mel Gibson's like, "I'll be the first yeah. one off the helicopter, and I'll be the last one on." Like, yeah, and he's just like, "Men will die." Yep. Um, we 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 you and I used that in the speech class or. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> in in college, we we were we did a project thing. Um, that and then uh, uh, uh bah, 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 obviously signs. I know. Um, I'm like middle of the road on signs. I haven't seen. I don't think I've seen it enough. I think I've only seen it twice. I think it's a good um, movie, but nothing noteworthy for specifically Mel Gibson. Right. Yeah, I think it's more about Joaquin Phoenix and that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the girl. Now, also for Mel Gibson, that gives me points over Bruce Willis. A lot more uh, recency bias, like. Not a ton of good stuff recently, but a hell of a lot better stuff recently than Bruce Willis. Um, well, sorry, go one of the things, I don't know if you were going to touch on this. One of the things we said on one of the breaks was that, so Bruce Willis is officially retired from acting. Yeah, He's so there was, like, there was health stuff. Yeah. That may have. It's like a, basically like a. But he was also like taking, a, he, it sounds like he was taking advantage of like financially, which sucks. He's only, I looked up his net worth. He's only worth like. 250 mil which doesn't seem like a lot for a guy like him yeah that's like I, I think he has some financial issues where i think i don't know if it was advisors or family that was like taking advantage of him and putting him in a spot where he had to do those really shitty uh direct vod movies but well, i think that um i think that part of it may have been like no like he had this diagnosis and was kind of given the time frame because i feel like he's done like 30 movies in the last three years. Yeah, but none of which I have even an interest in seeing. 
So one of them came up when I was actually watching uh, 12 Monkeys on Tubi. Um, that there's a direct to Tubi movie, which is like, holy oh, God. shit. Yeah. Um, and it's him and um, the dude from uh, Portrait of a Serial Killer. Michael and Rooker? Michael, uh, Michael, Rock, Michael Rooker? Yeah. And it's like, he's in prison. And it looks like he doesn't even like talk all that much, which makes me think like, oh, he, he was probably like, because my understanding is that this, this you know, it's it's called aphasia, and and it's like an early Alzheimer's thing, and so like he has trouble learning lines, which I've heard about for a long time with him. I've heard that like, that's kind of like was kind of like his mo, that he or that he just wouldn't learn them. But regardless, but that also he had may he, that it may develop some speech issues, which is why I think he ultimately uh, made his decision. Um, but for Mel Gibson. As far as recent stuff, you have, have you guys seen uh, Fat Man? That I believe was in the last two years. No, I, I know I, I need to watch that. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good what's take it, on the on... Huh? It looks kind of ridiculous, but. It is ridiculous, but it, it, it was fun. It, it was fun for, you know, some Santa Claus well, uh, Christmas stuff. I really enjoyed, uh, this was, I, I believe, four years ago, five years ago, uh, Get the Gringo. I liked a lot. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't bad. And then Bloodfather was another one. That... Yeah, Bloodfather wasn't bad. And then I don't know if you saw Sean, but I'm, I'm really surprised P hasn't seen this. Uh, Dragged across concrete. Uh, no, that was on my list. If I had more time, was on my watch list. It it wouldn't have made the list because there was too much other stuff. But super good movie and like really really gritty. And the whole backstory with like. Uh, Saying that Mel Gibson brainwashed Vince Vaughn isn't the right term, but like they, they formed this friendship before they did the movie, and then it got kind of in like Vince Vaughn's head, and he was like, "Oh, I'm done doing comedy. I'm only doing uh, gritty movies and like really, really gritty, like over the top stuff." And that's why he did uh, uh, Jeff. What was the Vince Vaughn uh, genre? Brawl and Cell Block '99. Yeah, yeah, great movie. Same, wild, wild movie. Same director as Dragged Across Concrete. Um, and Vince Vaughn went through this phase. Like, he's out of it now because he's done uh, some comedy since then. But he went through this phase. Like, well, I befriended Mel Gibson. And, and I'm only doing really rough, gritty movies and no more comedy. And he, like, fell into, like, a Mel Gibson crazy spell. That's what your agent wants to hear. Well, yeah. I really befriended Mel Gibson. And, uh, right, right. Things are going really good um, with me and Mel's yeah. relationship. <laughs> Um, I did watch a, a recent Mel Gibson movie that was very like, you know, I didn't even, it, he, uh, Charlie Hunnam from Sons of Anarchy is like this kind of crestfallen young, like detective in LA that like went off the grid because he had some bad case. And then, uh, Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson is like a famous, like soap actor and his wife dies suddenly and like hires Charlie Hunnam. I thought it was going to be a lot. It was not. Hmm. So I'm surprised. Maybe it's just me, but like no mention. Sign, signs unbreakable. Nah, oh, not, no, not uh, even that, but all right. I'm going to give you a couple Willis ones, obviously, because I, I, I've made it very clear that I am a Willis guy. Uh, Looper. 
Nah. All right. All right. Hey, Planet Terror. I thought Grindhouse Planet Terror. Planet might get Terror doesn't. I, I didn't even write that down for my discards. But Look I, who's talking. Uh, yeah. I love Look Who's Talking. I mean, uh, I now it's obviously a Travolta. Last Boy movie. Scout was the number one like discard for me. Uh, sixteen blocks. Six cents. Six cents. Unbreakable. Six cents not making Unbreakable. it. Unbreakable. Unbreakable hurt for me. Yeah, Unbreakable was the one I, uh, me and Vinny had, Vinny had showed me his list earlier, and I was like, no Unbreakable, wow. That's Unbreakable fine. was my number two, by the way. Unbreakable uh, is have a list so good. Was yes. going to go, I would have put Unbreakable down. And, but he was and so, a bunch of it was filmed in my neighborhood. But he was so, <laughs> he was really kind of boring in it, and a coward. No, he's not boring in it. He's conflicted. Is, is very good. Best singular actual acting performance. Mm-hmm. You think so? Yeah, yeah. I do. He's, he's he's a conflicted character. So I really like, he doesn't have enough screen time, but The Jackal? How that often was, do you see? Uh, by, is that a like, spy that movie? Number 12. Um, yeah, basically. Okay. But you have, you have Richard Gere. Richard Gere and then Bruce Willis as like the villain. And, and the, Jack and, Black. And Jack Black getting blown away. You know what? I always liked about Bruce Willis too. Um, me personally. It's a Bruce Willis too. Yeah, Bruce Willis too. Death becomes her. Just saying. Yeah. Um, I always like Bruce Willis will just show up in things uncredited all the time. Yeah. Like he just pops up and it's just like, is that was that Bruce Willis? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, I've got it right so down. Much. He, uh, maybe you'll know or or Sean. The what was the Mel Gibson one where he showed up uncredited and he was Scott the tattoo artist? It was like Father's, not Father's Day, but like. It was a it was a comedy about two I think it was Robin Williams and Billy Crystal. I think that is called Father's Day. Is it? I think so. And they were like competing dads, but then like this Mel Gibson just oh, yeah. shows up as like a I, crazy. I have a feeling artist. that movie was a giant flop, but Yeah, probably. Uh, in, I do recall it. He was a tattoo artist in The Hangover Two. Mel Gibson was? Yeah. Yeah, he oh. had a cameo in Hangover Two. Uh, maybe it became a thing where he would do a tattoo artist cameo. Um, what else for Mel Gibson? Yeah, see, I, I, I mean, I'm Mel Gibson. I, uh, Bruce Willis. I don't know a lot about Mel Gibson. Lucky number Slevin. I didn't like that. Uh, I yeah. saw that. Was, that's with Josh Hartnett, right? Yeah. Man, that, not a fan. Yeah. Tears of the Sun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's got a pretty well, a prominent role in Moonrise Kingdom. That's probably not on your. Yeah, guys. that's like what's his name. Um. The that's in- Wes Anderson. Yeah, yeah, he does little weird movies. I love his stuff, Artsy. though. Yeah, it's a good movie, uh, and Bruce Welles is good in it, but it's a... What not- Women Want? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bandits? Another Bruce Willis? No, no, no. I want Vinny to talk about this a little bit more. What? What Women Want. What do women so Mel want? G- so Mel Gibson is granted this power that he can read the minds of women. Whose mind does he go after... And choose Helen to love Hunt? more than anyone else. Helen, Helen Hunt. freaking Hunt. Yeah, that would be the last one. And why does Jack Nicholson <laughs> fall in love with Helen Hunt in as good as it gets? There's no understanding behind this. Well, in, and then in you that, have Bill Paxton situation. <laughs> loving her in Twister. Who at loves least, this woman? At least in in as good as it gets, she's like 20 years younger than him. So yeah, but still. You're, even the cat's pissed off. Um, Pocahontas. 
Yeah, I, I didn't know about that until scrolling through his IMDb. I had no idea he was John Smith. Um, that's super... also Cas- Casper. He was uncredited in Casper. Yeah. It, it makes me want to go back and watch clips of Pocahontas to hear John Smith. Like, can you hear? Oh, like, like once you know, oh. can you hear that it's him? Oh, yeah. He doesn't do a voice. It's just Mel, he just Mel Gibson. That's crazy to me. Well, that was Disney's thing back then, especially. It was just get giant celebrities to do voices in the movie and they were that was that was actually kind of one of the first times that they did that because when you think about robin williams in aladdin robin williams in aladdin he's the only one james earl jones well i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry gilbert godfrey no yeah well he's also in aladdin yeah but like um, uh, Lion King, yeah, you had um, yeah. But I didn't Jones. know that Mel Gibson was yeah, no, okay, John right. Jeremy Irons. But it's a few, you know. They pepper him in because they right. pay them. But then, because like all like the singing roles. Oh, it's 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 those. that '90s, that mid '90s Disney. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I didn't know yeah, about right. Mel Gibson being John Smith until like two days ago. Oh, I, I had no idea. I didn't know like when I first saw it, but when I first saw it, I also didn't know who Mel Gibson was. Yeah. Um. What was uh? Uh, red. You guys haven't mentioned yet. Oh yeah, red is a really good. But that kind of falls in that category that Vinny was saying of just like he's just like. It's like if he's John McClane retired, kind of deal. Yeah. He has um, a lot of those. Well, so that, that probably came out right around the same time Expendables did, where they were starting to put together like ensemble casts. Of yeah, well, he's in Expendables. Can... He's also in Expendables. G.I. Yeah. Joe Retaliation. Yeah, not good. <laughs> not good. Has, has any of you guys seen The Beaver? No. What? what the hell is that? <laughs> no. Okay, so he is. Uh, he's he's basically like uh, prescribed this beaver puppet to deal with like his anger issues as a father it's a very indie but it's like uh, what's her name from uh, Jodie Foster mm-hmm. it's like him and Jodie Foster's his wife and and so like he has this his psychiatrist tells him to use this beaver puppet to like <laughs> as, as like his alter I recommend watching it because it is crazy. But like when, so when he talks as the beaver, it's with an Australian accent, which is funny because he's Australian. Um, but he basically goes crazy. And I think I'm pretty sure he goes like full uh, Ash evil dead on his arm with the beaver. The beaver like takes over his arm. Hmm. Um, super indie movie random. I, I think I bought it as a blockbuster was closing for like five five dollars. Hmm. Uh, I so I own it somewhere, and I considered rewatching it for this list, but I was like, ah, this will be. I thought it would cause too much controversy to put on the list. So. <laughs> Not as much controversy as striking distance. <laughs> Wait till you guys see it. I die saw hard it on a, on and a, die I hard it with the Saturday vengeance. afternoon in two thousand one on TBS. <laughs> yeah. With uh, commercials. Do you want me to run down the list? Who won the list? I will, I'll, I'll run it down. Right. So at 13, we had Pulp Fiction. At 12, we had Sin City. Then Vinny's uh, ridiculous striking distance at 11. 
The Road Warrior at 10. Lethal Weapon 2 at 9. Uh, number 8 was Maverick. Number 7 was Payback. Number 6, 12 Monkeys. Excuse me. Number 5, The Fifth Element, my personal favorite on the list. Number 4, Armageddon. Number 3, The Patriot. Number 2, Die Hard 2, which is just mind-blowing to me. Number 1, Braveheart, which I think is the unanimous number 1. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, and it's going to go Bruce Willis 7. Mel Gibson, six. Really? So it wasn't as uh, lopsided as I think we all thought it might be. I think me and Pete were definitely thinking a lot of, it was going to be all Willis, right? No, I thought it was going to be all Gibson. No, after I did the, after I, after I saw the way the list was going, I thought it was going to go heavier on the Willis. Yeah. I by, by at least one more spot. But Now, me doing, race. doing a little producer research before the show, this is apparently a thing on the internet. Willis versus Gibson, like it's it's like because well, they articles they were like the top and, like going after the same roles, you know. Yeah, it's just amazing franchises. Also, wait, quick, quick um, fact that I don't know if anyone's ever noticed, but because I rewatched the Last Boy Scout uh, a few days ago, in the scene where he first brings Damon Wayans into his house and he's introducing him to his daughter, she's watching. Lethal Weapon One on the TV. That's funny. Right. I was, I was just about to say, never, in never in the same movie. Wild. Which you could yeah. say the same thing well, about like, uh, Stallone and Schwarzenegger. Ah, uh, yeah. Until, until the well, inspecting the yeah, right, exactly. But I mean, like in their their heyday, never in the same movie yeah. together. Pretty. Well. I, I, I do like uh, in the same vein, Last Action Hero. When they go into the video store and the Terminator Two mm-hmm. poster has uh, Stallone's head on it. Yeah. <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> Yeah. Anything else anyone want to add? Um, nothing, 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 nothing. I got nothing. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, we talked about all of them. All right, it's fun, man. Um, if you're a regular listener of the podcast, man, um, you've definitely been able to tell the next, the last month or two, uh, Killer Pod from Outer Space is expanding uh the killer pod crew is uh we find it to be a lot of fun to to have more than me and Vinny just talking back and forth um so i'm glad that sean and pete you guys can be part of the show um this summer coming up i know shane's gonna get on here we got some other people lined up i'm super excited about it me taking the producer role for the first time, finally. Uh, it was something I've actually wanted to do for quite a while that Vinny was, for some reason, against, I think, just because... Well, it was before we brought... Before we had Pete on consistently and had uh, Sean on frequently, like, wouldn't have worked. Right. No, you're right, you're right. Um, what I was going to say is uh, that I, I'm super grateful that uh, this little thing that me and Vinny thought of at this point, maybe 10 years ago, that finally came to life due to a pandemic, and now we're almost 100 episodes in. And it's, 100 is coming up. I know. And, and it's got to pop a little bit of the bubbly. And, and all our friends are getting involved, man. Uh, I just wanted to say I love it. I, I just thank everyone that's listening. And uh, just super stoked on it, and I'm, I'm super stoked for the summer. I just did my first Mahoning trip Tuesday, which got me even more pumped for everything. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, I mean, mean it, wasn't, fair. it wasn't super eventful. It was a Tuesday. So, yeah. like, whatever. But it was fun, and it just it, it gives you that vibe, like, yes, we're back. Yeah. <laughs> we're back. Um, 
So awesome, awesome stuff. I don't know. I'm just super stoked on on everything. Oh That's yeah, all. I'm all amped up. You want to wrap it up? I think it's time. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed the cage match this week. And until next time, I, I'm gonna have to switch this up with all these people. I can't just say I'm Jeff and he's Vinny. I'll have to think of something new. Oh but, yeah. Uh, maybe something like a. We're We're the Killer Pod crew. Love, peace, and chicken grease. We're out of here. Perfecto. (laughs) Give me the money, you motherfucker! Give me back my son! Son! Give me back my son! My son! Son! Give me back my son! Son! My son! Son! Give me back my son! Give me the money! My son! Son! Give me back my son! My son! Son! Give me back my son! Son! My son! Money! Give me back my son! Give me the money! Give me the money, give me back my son. Give me the money, give me back my son. Give me the money, give me back my son. Give me the money, give me back my son. Give me the money, give me back my son. Give me the money, give me back my son. Give me the money, give me back my son. Give me the money, give me back my son. Give me the